Father, we thank you because you are here with us. We ask that the scales are taken off our minds. We see Jesus clearly. Thank you because we are changed by your word and Jesus alone is glorified. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right, over the next four Wednesdays, over the next, let me just say over the next weeks, we're going to be considering the topic called Sealed, Signed, Delivered. Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Delivered, Sealed, Signed. I hope I've done it properly. Hopefully I have. The concept here is, and, and, and for those who have been with us for a while, you will notice that there was a series we did, I think it was two years ago. It was called Born Identity. We, we focused essentially on the identity of the believer in Christ. Um, what we are doing this month is a bit different approach, but the core of the emphasis is going to be on who you are in Christ, what you have, and where you are. Some of those thoughts might sound familiar to you, but the whole idea is not to bring us information. Information cannot do us good. Information, let me rephrase that. Information cannot do us much good. Information places upon us a responsibility to put it into practice. What we are trusting God for in this month of December is not just information as to and the, the desired outcome is not you shouting or you jumping. Some of that you will not be able to avoid. The consciousness of what you have, the consciousness of these truths that are your, de your description, your bio, your, your essential biography, all right? According to scripture, sometimes it will make you shout. It will make you scream. This is really who I am. And then that consciousness begins to sink in. Now, beyond it sinking in, it's, it's becoming practical to you in your walk and in your experience with God. That is what we are going for. That you can take this information. Now, we have titled it Signed, Sealed, Delivered, meaning that it is now handed over to you. The big question is, what will you do with this information? Many people will hear, oh, I'm saved, I'm righteous, I'm holy. What do you do with that thought? What do you do without information? For many, what they do without information is, since I'm righteous and I cannot be considered, then let's just go lavish. That's what they've chosen to do without information. So this month, by God's grace, trusting God that as the word of God will come to us, there is going to be a release of his grace, a release of his power for us to take the right next steps with this information on who you are, what you have. Praise God. Praise God. I remember a story I read once of a particular um, cub. Cub, they meaning the child of a lion that had somehow grown with a couple of chicks. And, you know, when you grow... In an environment, you adopt the values, the behavior, the expectations of that environment, irrespective of who you are. So, uh, genetically speaking, I need you to follow me this evening. Genetically speaking, the cub had the genes and the likeness and the image and the DNA of a lion, but had the environment of a poultry animal, um, meaning that the others were cooing uh, because... This DNA was designed to roar. He had to learn how to cook just to fit into that, that, that group and that um, environment. And that was life as usual for this cub that had the DNA of a lion within. And they would go out, play, do what chicks do and what, you know, all sorts. Until a time where there was a threat by real lions. A, a threat by real lions. And the lions will roar and all the animals will scamper and try to find safety. Until a day during one of the escapes of this chunk of poultry animals. I, I, my wife tells me I'm not very good at recounting stories. So I'm emphasizing the important details, not the exact drama. Maybe there were chickens or dogs or cats. I'm not sure. But it wasn't lions. That's the key key there. Was just running through a pond of water and then peeped into the water and saw an image. The image looked like what they were running away from. I said, no, this is not possible. And went back. Saw the image in the pool. Looked at his friends and colleagues that he grew up together. 
And he said, no, I look like a lion. Probably carry the DNA of a lion. I've been cooing or meowing or barking when I was made and designed to roar. All right? And then they looked again and said, so this is why, really, I'm, while pondering and meditating on that image, the lions arrived and began to nudge. I said, come on, what's wrong with you? You're a lion, man. Why are you feeling comfortable in the company of these ones? Child of God, in a similar way, we have been plugged into the systems and the language of our environment such that we speak like normal beings, we live and sound like normal beings, but we forget that the DNA and the makeup that we carry is superior to that of normal human existence. We have the very life of God at work in us. Now, remember I said, if this is information to you, it won't do you much good. If this is head knowledge to you, you might just say it and shout it. It won't do you much good. But there is a place where it can sink to in your heart. It becomes your reality. It becomes your very essence. And it becomes your consciousness. It just dawns on you. It hits you. All right? And you know, this is who I am. I am healed. I am saved. There is no place for sickness in this body. There is no place for defeat. There is these demons and witches and wizards that I've been so scared of. There's, they should be the ones scared of me. There is that consciousness. Now, this is not arrogance. This is not empty arrogance. This is a solid confidence based on God's word. The revealed word of God. Praise God. Let me show us our anchor scripture for the next few weeks. Ephesians chapter 1, I will read from verse 15 to verse 21. If you're writing down, please write this scripture down. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15 to 21. Remember, over the next few Wednesdays, we will be talking about the verities of the believer's identity and the believer's authority. Once you realize who you are, you realize where you sit, you realize the power that you carry, then you are now aware of who should be scared of who. You now realize that this is a this is a victory rigged in your favor. This is an orchestration of heaven for your victory and for your glory. You understand that the devil doesn't have any, we don't have any right to say God is fighting the devil. That is an embarrassment. That is an embarrassment. It's not a tussle. It is not a competition. These are facts that can become very empty. They can become very empty. They can become pedantic. They can become very, very pedestrian. They can become just thoughts there. And you find many people who have been old in the church, old in the church. They've come to see information like this as just exciting yourselves. Yes, we are saved, but they're the ones with all the bots, experiential bots. Yes, we are healed and scripture says so. But it is true that prosperity is our inheritance in Christ. But I've been around long enough to see that it's not always true. Hey, part of what we are living the presence of God with is that the truth of our lives is the truth of Scripture and not the reality of anyone's experience, no matter how real, no matter how true, no matter how valid your experiences are. We respect you, we respect your experiences, but we honor God's word and the truth of his word. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. I read all the way to verse 21. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, it says, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now it tells us what the prayers are. It says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is Paul's priority prayer for the Ephesians church. He's saying you need to know by the Spirit of God. You need a revelation, all right, of the knowledge of what you now carry, who you now are, this new life that you have received. He says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Inheritance in the saints. This is probably an enlightened verse in your Bible. I want you to do it again. Change the color. If you had amber, look for some neon green. If you had green, look for some nice purple. If it's a physical Bible, get your pen, underline this verse. It says there is riches of glory of his inheritance in the saints. 
in the saints. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come glory to god someone say glory to god so this scripture tells us that there is riches of glory this inheritance is in 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 it's not outside you it's in we dig it out we dig it out the revelation comes and it is us and one of my prayer for you this month my prayer for you this month my prayer for us this month is for a revelation of who we are like never before in a way that it is meaningful and practical not just academic and educational in a way that it's practical not just to know you are healed but to enjoy your healing not just to know that you are saved but to enjoy your salvation not just to enjoy your li not just to know you're free, but to enjoy your liberty. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right. So as you know, the part one, the beginning of all our series, we lay the bricks. We lay the bricks. We lay foundational bricks upon which we will build in the coming weeks. Man, rhyming, man. Bricks, weeks, ticks, weeks, fix, mix. Just kidding. Praise God. Praise God. So this evening, our objective is to walk and to answer a few questions. Why do we need, as believers, as Christians, we've, we've talked about this a while ago. We're talking about it now. In a couple of months, we'll talk about it again. We keep on reminding ourselves, why must we bring again and again to our consciousness these truths of who we are, these truths of our identity, these truths of our authority, these truths of who we now are, these truths of our inheritance. Let me say this very quickly. What we are doing this month is, oh, let me say what my role is this month for Wednesdays. I am acting as the representative of the trust company where a will was written with your name on it. Now, if you, let's say you have debts, all right, you have credit card debts. Let's, I'm giving painting a picture. Maybe not you, someone you know. Someone you know owes credit card debts in the tune of $10,000. All right, they have student loans, let's say $10,000. Um, they have car loans, let's say $10,000, just to make it easy to walk through this example. They have people that they've taken money from $10,000. They're in debt. They, they, they smile, they still go to church, they love God, they trust God that one day, they will be debt-free. They just believe. They believe, but they're, they're in debt. And they believe it's normal. Most people are in debt. Everybody, they say, is in debt. So it's just everybody does this. That's the way the economy is, design, is designed. So in, they're in debt. And then suddenly you get a call one day from the representative of a trust company verifying your identity. And when you verify, yes, this is my name, this, this is me, uh, can you confirm your date of birth? You confirm your date of birth. Um, can you confirm your mother's maiden name? You confirm your mother's maiden name. Can you confirm your father's middle name? You confirm your father's middle name. Confirm. So they said there is a trust. There is a trust in your name. And the trust has willed to you a couple of inheritances, which comprises of properties, jewelry, all right, actual investments, not just in Canada, but all over the continent of North America. And they give you the worth, as at today's date, of everything you want. Now, that information is enough to make you dance. It is enough to make you spin. It is enough to make you know that your, your troubles are over. All your debts are paid and cancelled, right? At, at only that the credit card company, they are not rejoicing that you now found out this inheritance. What the credit card company is waiting for you is to, if indeed that inheritance is yours, make a withdrawal and settle this debt. For many believers, when we hear a message about our identity and the authority we have, we are like that person who has received the news of the inheritance that they have. And we dance and rejoice, this is who I am, this is who I am. There are 
debtors that we take a knowledge of this inheritance and we go to enforce. We go to enforce our victory. I have been healed. I have received and laid claim of it. Now I am going to give you full, pay full payment. Full payment, interest, everything. Full payment. I have been delivered. The witches, the wizards, I know they are, some say they exist. They don't exist. Some argue they are real. They are not real. We know that all power in heaven, all right? Some said, no, there are some that are really, really wicked. We shouted the name of Jesus. We fasted night and day. Nothing happened. Well, I don't know what you did, but I know that when I pray, power is made available. I know when I call the name of Jesus, there is power and there is authority in that name. He said, but somebody bigger than you. I don't know anybody bigger than, than Jesus. I don't know anybody bigger than Jesus. Oh, this man of, I'm not talking of a man of God. I'm talking of the authority in the name of Jesus. So we are not just dancing and spinning at the revelation of our inheritance, but we are placing a demand and making withdrawals and we are setting our debts. That child of God is how you live a life of victory, one, and how you live a life that brings glory to the Father. You can have a $2 billion trust. And you still owe debts on your credit card. That's not poverty. That's irresponsibility. That's where a lot of believers are. Glory to God. Glory to God. Our text for this evening, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, For we are God's own and the work is workmanship. The Greek word there is poema. We are a work of art. We are deliberately crafted. We are meticulously designed, not just assembly line. I'm talking of custom-made, custom-designed. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking part, which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I am living the good life. Yeah, I know some of them didn't like that, but it's the word of God. Because their definition of the good life is different from Scripture's definition of the good life. So tell them again whether they care to believe it. If you're watching on YouTube, you can type it in the chat. If you're on Facebook, type it there. I am living the good life. Glory to God. Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. I love this. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Come on, wherever you are, just lay your hands on yourself and say, I am God's masterpiece. Yes, I am God's masterpiece. Masterpiece. Someone is saying, does God still make people that look like this? Yeah. He made me. I am God's masterpiece. My doctor feels I'm not my ideal weight yet. Yes, I am God's masterpiece. The creditors think they've never seen a debtor this bad before. Guess what? I am God's masterpiece. That is the truth. That is the truth about me. I am God's masterpiece. I am recreated in Christ Jesus. Created for good works. Glory to God. Glory to God. Over the, the brevity of the time we have left, my duty this evening is to lay blocks. I know we are fasting. I know your, your attention span is very long, so we'll try not to stretch you. We'll just keep it in, in very digestible-sized pockets so that you can receive it and that you can have strength to wake up tomorrow morning to pray glory to God. Glory to God. I have here in my notes four reasons why it is important for the believer in Christ Jesus to constantly, constantly remind themselves of who they are in Christ Jesus. Who they are in Christ Jesus. Four reasons why it is very important that you and I must do this. You and I must do this. Four big reasons. I want you to write this down in your notes. For those who don't take notes, please, it's very important. There is so much you can remember. No matter how powerful the service is, by the end of that service, you can retain, if it's really, really memorable, 30% of the content. And after a week or so, it's down further, another 15 20%. So you have just a tithe, a tenth of what you've learned by the next week. But if you have it written down, I want the Spirit of God is whispering to you that it's not being said. You're writing it down. By the time you revisit it, you're consolidating that knowledge. And then it begins to sink in. That's how faith comes by hearing. You're building faith 
by the hearing of God's word. Praise God. Praise God. So I said we will uncover four reasons, four key major reasons why as believers we must remind ourselves of who we are and the authority that we have in Christ. Number one, number one, because if we don't, we can forget. Number one reason is we can forget. We can forget. In fact, not only can we forget, many times we forget. Many times we forget. We, we come into a mighty move of the Spirit and we are very sure. In one moment, you are sure I am healed. In one moment, it's a powerful service. It's the, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. You have this solid sense and consciousness of your righteousness. You are very sure. You are double sure. You are triple sure. You are, you are absolutely sure. There's nothing anyone on earth can say. I am sure. And then life begins to happen. Time begins to pass. Realities and circumstances of the world begin to test the foundation, the quality of your belief. Trying to see, are these just ideas they are buying to per time or are these deep-seated, rooted ideologies in your heart that indeed you are righteous? Do you believe it? If we slice you, slice you, will we see righteousness or it's just head knowledge, I am righteous, I am righteous, is it just noise? It says, we can forget. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. Philippians 3 verse 1. It says, for the rest, my brethren, delight yourselves in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in him. It says, now this is Paul speaking, to keep writing to you over and over. Of the same things is not irksome. That means it's not trouble to me. I don't mind. I don't mind. He says, and it is you, it is a precaution for your safety. I think the King James says it is safe. Another version says it is to safeguard you. What that means is that there is a need for us to constantly remind ourselves of this truth. Why is that important? Because if we do not do that, there is a tendency for the realities of life to make us forget the truth of God's word. Glory to God. Glory to God. James chapter 1 verse 22 all the way to verse 25. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. So James is giving us the solution here. He says the way you remember God's word is not by cramming God's word. The way we remember the antidote. It's amazing and we'll get to this point shortly. All right. The, the words and opposites on earth are not the same words and opposites in the kingdom. The opposite of love in English language is hate. In the kingdom, the opposite of love is fear. Maybe we should just do it, pick a day and do words and opposites. Kingdom style. It says here, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself, and then he goes away and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. He says, but whoso looketh, glory to God, into the perfect law of liberty and continues daring, continues daring, not and let me tell you this. One of the ways to spot someone Okay. Now I have your attention back. One of the ways to spot someone who is not continuing is that their description of exploits is in the past tense. They tell you of the days they prayed. The days they did fasting and prayer. It was dry fast. Not this type you young people are doing nowadays. Dry fast. The days they prayed, 20 hours at a stretch. The amazing thing about all those exploits is that they are past and they were a long time ago. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues Therein, 
He says, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So it's, it's clear here that the, the way we unlock the blessing by evidence of revelation from God's word is not necessarily by remembering it from memory. He says the memory of the believer is in the doing. Once you do, you don't forget. But once you don't do, you walk away, and before you know it, you forget what you just looked like. Verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. Verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law, this is the NLT, that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the number one reason is because we can forget. We can forget. Paul says that it's not burdensome. It's not a trouble for, for us to remind ourselves of these things. It's not a big deal for us to dedicate another month to bringing these things to our, for, to our remembrance. He says, but for you, it is important. It's a safeguard. It's a safeguard. James says there is a possibility for us to forget. If we are not doing, there is a possibility for us to forget. If the, if, if the pain is more real to you than the healing and the health that you have as part of your inheritance in Christ, then we begin to forget. We begin to forget. So why is this important? We cannot afford to forget. We have an adversary that is constantly on our toes, verifying our knowledge. Did God say? <laughs> Did God really say? Did God really, really, really say? And when you say God said, did God really, really, like, really, really, really? Adversary is on the stones, working overtime. Working overtime. Child of God is trying to wake up. It's time to get up. It's time to rouse yourself in the fullness of power. Do not accept a second-class existence. A second-class existence is an existence that barely gets by. You have not been created. You have not been redeemed to barely get by. You have been redeemed to live a life of absolute dominion. Child of God, I think let's just settle this. We are not preparing you for rapture. That is not the goal of the church. We are not dressing you. If, if we are preparing you for rapture, the ideal thing all of us should do is just get saved and come and stay together. We'll just be there. Nothing else. We'll just be there. Waiting for rapture too. If it's going to take 20, 40, 50 years. But we've not, that's not the, that's not the essence We've been, we've been raised for such a time as this to execute dominion and to show forth his glory in the earth. How do we show forth his glory? By the excellency of the kingdom that we reproduce on this earth. Somebody say glory to God. So for the fact that things are fine, things are normal, that's not the original design. For the th fact that things are chaotic or problematic, that's not the original design. There is an original design, and that original design is possible on this side of eternity. How? We must not forget. We must not forget. Constant reminders, bringing it to our memories as a safeguard. Beholding the word, the perfect law of liberty. Glory to God. So number one, we cannot afford to forget. Number two reason why we must bring these truths over and over to our remembrance is because we can believe a temporary fact over a permanent truth. There is a tendency to believe a temporary fact over a permanent truth. Sometimes the temporary fact is very loud. It's very clear. It's very feelable. But it doesn't mean or imply in any way that that is what is real. Galatians chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8. This is Paul speaking. He says, I marvel. This is a big word. He's, he's saying, I am stupefied. I am shocked. I am flabbergasted. <laughs> Let me use all the big words possible. I am amazed. I am shocked in modern day English. Paul, we say, guys, I'm shook. Someone says that English. I'm shook, guys. What happened? That you are so soon. Can you see that? 
you are so soon removed. In one moment, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And in another moment, you are far gone. What is it? Wow, I'm shook. What's going on? You are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Paul calls it another gospel. Another gospel. Verse 7. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert, pervert, corrupt the gospel of Christ. He says in verse 8, Though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel, whether it's speedy, whether it's speedy spiritual father, speedy spiritual mother, whether it's your general overseer, whether it's your grand bishop, or whatever accolades we have for the offices, he's saying there is the intactness, the foundation of the word, the foundation of God, that standard sure. No man, not even us, can change it. If we preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let them be accursed. Let me take you back to verse 6. It says you are so soon removed. So soon removed. The realities in context here, what had happened to the Galatians is they had believed sincerely that you received the gifts of salvation by faith through grace. And they were saved. They were saved. They were growing in grace. Growing in until there was a loud movement. It was a very loud movement. It was a powerful movement. It had a mass following. And they started telling them, though, you have to be circumcised. You have to observe this. You have to observe that. It's the same way. And I say this publicly. As we will learn on Sunday, God's grace is God's grace. It does not need any embellishment. Don't be afraid on God's behalf. When God was making grace, he knew what the potential side effects could be. And he made provisions for them. There is a group of people that have come together and said, God, when he was designing this grace thing, he didn't think of it well enough. He didn't know there is a generation that they were reading between the lines and find all the loopholes. Please, can you just do me a favor? I know it's not Sunday yet, but just help me tap your neighbor and remind them. He says, just tell them. If they are, just shake their hands. Tell them there are no loopholes in God's grace. Yeah. Tell them again. Tell them again. There are no loopholes in God's grace. Come on, look for someone else. Turn to the other person. If you're by yourself in the house, type it. Send a message. Put it on the chat. There, there are no loopholes in God's grace. Our temporary, temporary facts can never supersede the truth of God's word. The temporary fact is that you feel pain. The temporary fact is that you have a diagnosis from the doctor. The temporary fact is that you have bills, that there are no logical ways that they will be paid. The temporary fact is that you feel tempted towards what you know God has delivered you from. The temporary fact is that this flesh is trying many times to resuscitate itself and to power some actions that you know are not in compliance with God's word and with the new creation, the new person you have become. Those are the temporary facts. But the truth of God's word remains that I am healed, not I will be healed. I am completely delivered, but I will be delivered when I jump five times and roll seven times at 12 midnight. No, I am healed. It is the truth. It is the permanent truth of God's word. Every other thing is temporary. It might feel real today, but it won't last. It won't last. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. It's amazing. You find people of faith. On fire. Some of them done mighty miracles. Laid hands on people. Seen mighty healings. Cast out demons and all sorts. And there is a matter that is temporary but very real. And it's shaking them to their roots. And they now begin to question in the dark what they believed in the light. So does God really heal? Does God really deliver? Is this God really merciful? Where is he right now? Where is he right now? Where is he right now? If indeed he's a God of love, where is he? Why has he? Why has he? Why has he? 
And all those questions, remember, we can't forget. We need to constantly bring it to our remembrance. Number two, there is a temporariness of the fact. It might be loud. It might feel very valid. But we are holding on to a sure anchor, a permanent truth. Holding on to the truth of God's word. Child of God, it's difficult. But that's what you and I have been called to do. That's what we've been called, what we've been called to do. We are taking possession of this inheritance. And you're walking around seeing all of the chaos around you. But you know you're holding something real, something true. Of a kingdom. You've, you've seen, you've seen a, a, a kingdom whose builder is God. You've beheld the foundations of righteousness and justice. And say, no, this is real. This is true. And someone is saying, is it really true? Is it really real? If it is true, they are the echoes of Lucifer in today's world. Reminding you, why are you holding on to this, your God? Hasn't he failed you enough? But my God never fails. Glory. I said, my God never fails. My, the temporariness, the realness, the loudness, the depth of the pain of my current situation is not powerful enough to change the ancient of days. Somebody needs to hear that. Your problems have not lasted 100 years. Even if they have been, they've not lasted 200 years. I know you've not been alive that long. Even if they've been, they've not lasted five, they've not lasted a thousand years. Even if you've been alive that long. I'm talking about the ancient of days here. I'm talking about the one who called time into being. Everything will fade away. Let his word remain sure. Child of God, that pain is temporary. And one of the biggest investments you can make is to dig into knowing who you truly are. Not just a knowledge information base, an epignosis, an experiential knowing. Where you can say, evidently, this is who I am. I am, I am healed. This, this health issue is settled for life. This prosperity issue is settled for life. There's nothing anyone, there's no message. PD can preach again. It's too late. I have found the truth, a permanent truth in the authority of God's word. Glory to God. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. It might sound insensitive, because it is what you feel, but that pain is temporal. That situation is temporal. That heartbreak is temporal. That discontentment is temporal. That disappointment is is temporal. This is not me trying to motivate you. This is the truth of God's word. It says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The, the truths that govern your life, the principles set in motion for you as a kingdom citizen, it's eternal. That's the real truth about you. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. I wrote here in my note, for those who are writing, you can note this down. I said, beware of new realities. Our God is the ancient of days. His ways are pure, perfect. His ways are pure, perfect. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So number one, we can forget. Not we can, we will forget. If we are not deliberate about reminding ourselves, doing the word, we can forget. We can forget. Number two, we can believe a temporary fact over a permanent truth because the temporary fact is very vivid, is very loud, is very present, but it is still temporary. Number three, number three, I need you to listen. Number three, the realities of our kingdom are at variance with the realities of this world. I want you to remember this child of God. You are from a different kingdom. The realities of our kingdom, the verities, the, the practicalness of life in this kingdom that you've been called onto is at stark variance with the realities of this world. The rules of this world are different. We are in this world, meaning that we dwell here physically. Our impact is here. Our 
dominion is here, but we are not of. It means the governing principles that we will execute dominion with cannot be from here. Was the wise man that said, if you attempt a problem at the same thought level as you are, when the problem was being, being, being a problem, you can solve it. What that means is that there needs to be a change in something for it to be able to have any meaningful solution. If problem level, solution level, same thought pattern, same thought process, then forget any, any, any idea of a meaningful solution. Hmm. Hmm. Starkly different realities. In the world here, there are the laws of physics. There are the human laws that govern existence. Yes, we are compliant with those laws, but we are not subjected to those laws. Child of God, I need you to listen to this. Joshua knew about the law of physics when he laid hold on a superior law and he commanded the sun to stay still. Moon, no hand over yet. When the apostles were busy casting out demons, when somebody who had been crippled from birth was told, get up, and the Bible says he leaped. That's not normal. That's not normal. Our logic, our medicine tells us, if for three weeks, three weeks you don't use a limb, and you're not seeing a physiotherapist, or you're not trying to do rehab, there should be at least, at least, if you've been crippled for years, and you're going to walk, at least you will stumble a bit. And then maybe start walking. He says they leaped. Do you believe that? Those are the realities from your kingdom. In the kingdom of the earth, everybody cannot be blessed. They, have to, they will tell you there's a bell curve. They will tell you two standard deviations from the mean. Majority of people will be here. Then we have outliers. The very rich. The very poor. Then the big middle class. That's the normal distribution in this normal kingdom. But I've come for a king from a kingdom where everybody can be blessed and can walk in dominion. That is the truth. Some people's faith is fighting this. So this is the issue I have with teachings like this. It's not practical. Hey! It's not practical in this earthly kingdom's terms. But from where we've come from, it is, it is not just practical. It is not, that's our normal, not this bell curve. That's our own normal. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, be mindful of our time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. This is an amazing illustration to get this. It's not perfect, but it's one of the closest ways to explaining to us what happens to us after we become born again. We become ambassadors. We are representatives representatives, the worst economies, war fund that have embassies in those nations, they do not live like the citizens of those places. They live like the citizens of the countries that have sent them. We are representatives. I can be compliant. No, I can be. I must be compliant of the laws of my environment and my surroundings. I have to be. I have to walk in practical wisdom I know how the world works. I have to learn the systems of the world. But I am not learning the systems of the world to install them as my primary guiding light. No. The guiding light, the primary guiding system is the word of God. And I, am, I, don't, adjust, I don't adjust the word of God to fit the realities. We now start saying, yes, God heals, but there's no but. So they say, so then why have everybody... Everybody doesn't exercise the discipline to unlock the inheritance. Glory to God. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God. Be you reconciled to God. You are his representative. You represent child of God when the realities in this kingdom are at variance with the realities of your kingdom. Don't be shocked. Expect it. Expect it. And it's, it's a note. It's a feedback that there is need for a sphere of dominion to be recreated here. I'm going to explain that. 
I need to explain that. What that means is that, for instance, if I am Canada's ambassador, I'm giving, I'm not, obviously, you know, <laughs> if I am Canada's ambassador to Nigeria, if I am, you already know, I might be living in Abuja or maybe in Lagos or in Puerto Rico, wherever the embassy is desired to be situated. That's where I am locally. But my salary definitely is not in Nigerian Naira because I'm not an employee of the Nigerian government. I enjoy Canada's privileges. If I cough, the Canadian government is alerted. If I sneeze, the Canadian government is alerted. The best of care as a function of where I am from, not where I am. Now, I can choose to say, oh, I want to mix with the culture. You know, I want to feel the people. I want to feel what they feel. I want to eat what they eat. I, want, I don't even want to be paid in Canadian dollars. I want to feel what it's like to spend in Nigerian Naira. That is a choice. That is a choice. Or I can say, you know what? I miss the winter. I want snow. And they're like, you want snow in Nigeria? So I don't want snow in Nigeria. I want snow in my house. <laughs> Some people are getting this. And then it is now the responsibility of my government to say if we are going to... See, you can reproduce the atmosphere. You can extend the atmosphere of your kingdom around you. That's our job as evangelists. We're expanding the influence of a kingdom so that more people can be connected to this superior way of living, not this rat race that the enemy has many plugged into. You wake up, have you asked yourself before, how long will I do this for? You wake up, you wake up, you sleep, you're tired. No time for the real things that matter. You wake up again, you're gone, you're gone. Bill's taking a large chunk of it. And God is saying there is a better way. There is a, there is a way out of this rat race. There's a superior kingdom where it's not, and I need to say this with a pinch of salt, your sustenance is not necessarily by your labor. There are dimensions in this kingdom, something called favor. We don't understand it here. The closest we have to it is monarchy. That someone can be born and they have a guaranteed quality of life just by virtue of their birth. That's the closest we have to it. Are you not surprised with all the wokeness we have in the world? And all the democracies we have in the world. The sovereigns are still sovereign. Our majesty is still our majesty. Are you surprised? All the revolutions and there's no revolution to the palace. <laughs> Woo! There are kingdoms and there are kingdoms. Glory to God! So there's a clash of cultures. There's a clash of realities. You choose your reality. You choose your reality. You can say, I'm tired of all this drawer soup and all these things. I want, I, want, I want my food to arrive from Vancouver every morning. Get it on a plane. Get it on a plane. I want my putin South Canadian style. I want my ginger ale, not import. I want it fresh from Toronto. I want my fish fresh from the prairies, from Halifax. I want it fresh. Praise God. I said, praise God. Or you can choose, I want to mix with the culture. I want to eat their fish from Ekbe. Ekbe, their black fish, the one that is bent like this. It's a choice. It's a choice. Glory to God. So we are bringing this knowledge of who we are, what we have. Number one, because we can forget. Not only can we forget, we will forget. That's the default. We will forget unless we bring it constantly as a reminder. Number two, we can believe a temporary fact, especially when that fact is loud. Very, very loud. Maybe you're on admission in the hospital and you're listening to me right now. Once upon a time, you were sharing and publishing healing scriptures. You were the one reminding people that they are healed. They don't have to continue in that disease, that sickness. You had no pain. You had no headache. You had no symptom. You had no diagnosis. It was a bit easier for you to communicate that. But now, you are the one on the, on the table. You are the one on the table. It's your turn now to believe it. To believe it. Yeah, you might be on admission. It doesn't change the fact of the truth that you've shared. Child of God, the realities of our kingdom are different. We hold on to the truth. The permanent truth. Number three, the realities of our kingdom are at variance with the realities of this world. And number four, as we begin to round up, why, and I believe this is the most important, please, if you've not been listening, pay attention now. Why exactly are we doing this? Remember, for those who have been with us for a while now, the series is probably still there on Spotify, iTunes, Audio Mac, definitely not YouTube, maybe Facebook, I'm not sure. The YouTube channel is relatively young. 
was opened in March this year. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, God, we missed a lot of people, a lot of views, potential views. But our God is a restorer. <laughs> he is a restorer. Praise God. If you are watching now and you've not subscribed, and you are watching on YouTube, just click subscribe now. 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 I can see. Yeah, I saw you just did it. You. I'm waiting. You guys, can see, you guys don't believe I can see you. I'm waiting. I know you've not done it. Okay, yeah, it's done now. It's gone. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Now that I have your attention, number four. Number four. Why exactly are we reinforcing the knowledge of the believer's authority? Someone is saying, look at how tough the year has been. This is the last thing we should be talking about. Senior pastor shared with us the theme for the crossover and our theme for 2021. Many people will hear it and say, this is unrealistic. This is insensitive. Look how tough the year has been. Hey, but the realities of our kingdom are different. Glory to God. Glory to God. Number four reason. Why are we learning about this? Number four. To make clear, please listen. To make clear our responsibilities on laying hold of the promise. To make clear our responsibilities on laying hold the promise. Remember the example I gave at the beginning. You've just found out. Your identity has been verified. There is this inheritance in your name. It is for you. It is more than you can ever need for 10 lifetimes. For you, for your children, for your children's children. Scripture says to a thousand generations. However, you can dance and you can rejoice. You can jump, spin, do a 360, shout, glory to God. This is who I am. I am free. I am healed. But most importantly, an important question you must not leave that discussion with is to ask this representative from this trust. What next? I know it's there. I believe it's there. I see the figures. It says we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What next? What next? This healing and this health, I believe it. I, I know the pain is temporary. I know the dying. But what I need to practically work in my healing, what next? And I think this has been the part that has been lacking in the conversation about the believer's identity and the believer's authority. You've been given a document. It's been signed. It's been sealed. It's been delivered. But it has not been opened. When you open it, you read the part that says responsibilities. You would have to show up at the trust. We need two signatures. It says we need a witness. They now begin to unravel in the kingdom. What, was, what is signature in the spirit? What is witness <laughs> in the spirit? How do I actualize the promise practically? Glory to God. Glory to God. I have wrote this in my notes. Somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this. I say it's every revelation that glances over or deliberately masks your responsibility is a recipe for disaster or for frustration. For frustration. You see a thirsty person, somebody who is thirsty, thirsty and dying. And you tell them, guess what? Guess what the board of directors of, I don't know, the water company, you have in the country you're from, but let's just say it's called PD Waters. PD Waters, the number one supplier of sprinkling, sparkling, mineralized water globally. Amen. I was just joking, but I mean, why not? If not, glory to God. It says, the board of directors of PD Waters have just given you majority ownership of that company. You know it is true, but it, does, it has not quenched the thirst. There is something called enforcement. It's one of our biggest responsibilities in the new covenant. Enforcement. Enforcement because your adversary, the devil, he, does, he, he forms illiterate. He doesn't read agreements. And he knows scripture. He knows it is written. But it is different for it to be written. It is another thing for it to be written in your heart. For it to be revealed. He will come and verify. That's what he's constantly doing. Have they heard? If they've heard, do they understand? Okay, they understand. Do they believe? Okay, they believe. Have they internalized? Okay, they've internalized. Has it mixed with faith? He's constantly checking what level you are. For every level, he has a 
nice body and system of lies. Working overtime. Do they really believe? This one is saying she's righteous. She's righteous. It's just mouth. She doesn't believe it. I can never be poor. I can never be poor. He's very broke. He's very broke. Very, very broke. Where is it in his heart? Has it sunk in? It's far from sinking. He said, if this one's there, joking. Let them keep on shouting. <laughs> well, those days are over. Glory to God. I said, those days are over. This ones, we are in forces. We are rising in the fullness of power. And we are commanding you, devil, you demon, to get your hands off, off of our inheritance. Get your hands off of our health. For it's been paid for in full. Glory to God. Romans chapter 8. Let's begin to tie this up. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Romans 8, 16. It says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. You have a co-signatory participatory responsibility. Now, if you are going to see it happen for you, if you are going to see it be your reality, there is going to be a role for you to play. You can't fold. Nobody receives an inheritance folded hands. We sign documents to activate inheritance. You don't fold your hands. We enforce, you secure what is rightfully yours. He says, I have given you the land to possess the land. I will go ahead of you and drive them out. Boy, you've got to go there, put your feet down. You've got to go there, drive out the Anakites and all the, the Girgashites and all the Shites and Tites and Mites in your promised land. I have given it to you. The inheritance has your name on it. But boy, I didn't tell you, there's giants in the land. There's giants in the land. And the only reason why I left them there is so that you can appreciate the power I've put in you. The power I've put in you. I can blow away the giants with one breath. <sighs> but so that you remember that the Lord your God is the one that brought us into this spacious place. Glory to God. We are joint heirs. So come on, tap your neighbor. Say it, it's, we are co-signatories. He signs and I sign. Let me fix that. That's not correct. He assigned and then I will sign. Glory to God. Glory to God. One more scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. As we begin to bring this evening's teaching to a close, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, I love this scripture so much. It's a reminder to me that, now, let me say this clearly. God does not need me to do anything he wants to do. But God has chosen me to do everything he wants to do. It's a big difference. The devil comes to tell you you are not special. God does not need you. Um, before you were, God has been. He has used people. He has done this. All those stories. Yes. 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 I hear you. All right. God does not need me. He does not need you. But God has chosen me and he has chosen you. That's the difference. I am his choice. I am his choice. I am his choice. I want this to sink in. I am his choice. I keep on saying this. When we, when we play, um, I can't remember what it's called now. When we're playing soccer, small teams where somebody picks the ball. I, I can't even remember what it's called. You put your hand on the valve and then we'll pick, we'll pick a team first. So you pick one player, you pick one player. There's always someone in the team who is the leftover. Neither team wanted them, but they have to be somewhere. In fact, when it's down to the last two, basically you're picking the best of the worst but that's not God, what God did with me and you. He chose us deliberately. He formed us for his glory. He has, he has decided that, yes, you, you might be right. Your theology might be right to say God does not need you. But the truth is God wants you and God has chosen you. And because he has chosen you, you are now needed. You are now valuable. You are now an integral part of his plan. Your refusal to wake up and activate your responsibilities will leave a big gape. A big deficiency in the master plan. Don't allow or buy that lie that without you, everything will move on. That is a dimension of fact. It is not the truth. With me, everyone is relying on me that I will wake up. Everyone is relying on me that there are sick people around me that will not remain sick because I will wake up and get this reality sorted. That I can preach and resound the message of dominion and reproduce the principles and the realities of my kingdom in this kingdom, get more people thinking this way, more people speaking authority, speaking power. When there is a casting down, when there is defeat, when there is discouragement, all over, everybody saying it's over. And then someone starts and says, It's not over. This is just the beginning. 
Our God is a God of hope. He's a God of life. He's never caught by surprise. These are the realities in our kingdom. The realities of our justification. The realities. Glory to God. Glory to God. I trust you've been blessed this evening. Why don't you take a moment and say thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for reminding me who I am. Thank you for reminding me what I have. Thank you for reminding me where I am. I have listened to the voice of the adversary. I have played with chicks. I have played with domestic. I have played with pets for too long. I have abandoned and neglected the lion in me. It's time for me to roar as I rediscover my identity. As I rediscover my authority. The witches I have run away from. The wizards I have run away from. The powers, the principalities that know. They know for a fact I am far above, but I don't know. And they continue to exercise. They be, continue to torture and to torment. Because I don't know where I am. Those days are over. Those th this is not just head knowledge now. It sinks in down into my spirit. I receive this as my permanent truth. That I am now seated with Christ far above glory. Far above principalities and powers. All power. All power. There is no longer any residue left for the enemy to use. Your field day. My days of ignorance are over. Your days of enjoyment and partying and, and exploiting my inheritance over. Now I take hold. I lay hold of the promise. Thank you, Father. We exalt and magnify your name. Praise be unto your name. I want to pray for someone under the sound of my voice. I'm led to pray for two groups very quickly. The first group, you know you are not born again. Your best chances are the best that the world can offer. Trust me, that's too risky. Beyond what the world offers, your, your eternal destination is already sorted. But there is an alternative. You can come to the kingdom of light. You execute dominion in the earth. And when we are done on this side, it's eternal life in him, in his presence. You've read the word. The word has hit you differently this evening. And you want to make a decision for Jesus. You hear him calling, inviting you to come. Come. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm recurring the whispers of the Spirit. He says, this service was for you, entirely for you. For you, at this very moment, to receive the love of the Father. Yes, the noise, the so-called realities of the pain, the heartaches. God, where are you? Where have you been? Where are you? Where have you been? He says, open up for me. I want to turn a new leaf. I want to write a new chapter. I want to show you the fullness of my glory. Father, for as many of your children this evening who are acknowledging their need for his Savior, they believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He came, he died, took their place. He was buried in the grave, but the grave could not hold him down. He is alive today. He wants to live in them, through them, to bring glory to the Father. I ask, Father, for a supply of grace as these ones believe in their hearts and confess you as Lord and Savior, I ask that your spirit and your power will invade them. Thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Very quickly, I want to pray for another group of people. You reckon yourself as someone who once believed. Everything I've said this evening, even all the scriptures, there are scriptures you know. Maybe there are scriptures you've taught yourself. But then, an opportunity came for you to believe. It was easier to speak and to confess these things when it was in you. But now you find yourself in a tight spot, in a difficult place where everything you've believed is suddenly under question. It's under the microscope. And you're questioning everything. You're questioning. You've, you've laid hands on people. You've gotten them filled with the Holy Ghost. You've cast out demons. You've healed the sick. But you're at a place of deep questioning. And you're a bit surprised. In one moment, you're shocked. How did I get here? In another moment, you're shocked. that How did I believe all of that so much too? You're not sure where you belong. But the word of God has come for you this evening. Reminding you that do not abandon the truth for a fact. Do not abandon the truth 
for a fact. You know what you believed. You know what you held on to. Unless it is not God's word. If it's God's word, it's still true. Bible says it's been tested several times. It's been tested. It is, it is, it is sure. It is settled. I want to pray for you. And my prayer for you is not for you to get back up. It's not for you to now begin to believe the things you, you used to believe. No. My prayer for you is that you will draw strength from the truth. Remember, truth is not a body of knowledge. Truth is a person. Jesus speaking. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He sees you. He sees your pain. And he wants you to lay hold on the truth. I want to pray for you. Father, for your daughter, for your son, under the sound of my voice, who have tasted of the miraculous, they've seen of the powers of the ages to come. But they are under the pain of a very real, of a very loud, of a very practical, very factual, reality that is against the reality of God's word. We know which one bows at the end of the day. We strengthen those knees and we lift up those hands that they will not walk out of the ring and give up throwing the towel but the lion in them will arise and roar. They will draw strength from the truth and the days ahead of them will be bigger than even the best days of their past. Thank you, Father, because you are a restorer. You are a God of mercy. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have come. And is that the best you've got? Wherever you are, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.